All right, climbers, on today's episode, we have a very special guest that we are going to bring once again, yet another mentor out there that is orbiting around the same planet I am, that is for the indie artist, showing you different systems, different ways, different methodologies to get your music in front of new eyeballs and grow your brand and grow your money and be able to make not just a living, but like a good living doing what you were born to do. Welcome to the crowd! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what it's going to take to get ahead. You're not going to be plucked from obscurity by a big corporate machine that's going to turn you into a household name. You're going to have to do it yourself. That's the bad news. But the good news is you don't need anybody's permission. And you can make the music you want to make. You don't have to bend over for anybody. But you've got to prove that your music has value and that there's an audience out there willing to listen to it. That's called leverage. That's why we called it The Climb. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's a backstrom for my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Had a couple number ones in the last couple of years in Southern Gospel. Currently got a top 10 hit in Australian country radio. And what I love about Brent is he helps you turn pro as a writer by teaching you how to write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then ultimately he gets you in touch with the pros to create those relationships that are necessary. That's the last link in the chain so uh, so you can get your songs cut. And you can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but yeah, Johnny's smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other Johnny D. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, too. We are, like, just pounding out, like, just tons of killer information for climbers, like, in this string of shows here. I love it. This is fun. This is, this fun. is fun. I've been doing a little more interviews than normal lately, and that's, that's so much fun. Meet new people, learn new stuff. Yeah, and it was somebody who's just from the same, from the mothership, right, mm-hmm. of digital work. We're going to bring on, in just a second here, we're going to bring on the CEO of Modern Musician, which is Michael Walker, and we're just going to go deep into what it takes to happen on get your music in front of new people, grow your brand on a digital platform, and focus on the things that you can control and not worry about the things you can't control, like how are you going to get on P1 Terrestrial Radio? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's right. So before we do that, let's take care of a little business. Join the Climb community on Facebook. We want you to be there. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Climb community. This, you have to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in and you get to stay in for as long as you want until you get roadhoused out for not following three simple rules. <laughs> we want to hear about your gigs, put it in the right post. We want to hear about your wins, put it in the right post. We want to hear about your new music, put it in the right post. Mm-hmm. Just leave the feed open to stuff that you know is going to be beneficial to everybody. It's that simple. That's right. And we want you to follow and subscribe to the podcast, wherever platform you're using. And most importantly, guys, you're usually hanging out with us for somewhere between 40 minutes to an hour every single week. That's for a reason. Tell a friend about it. Help us help them, 
right? That's right. That's what we want to happen there. So let's get right to it here. Mr. Michael Walker, we're on a, we're on a time frame here. Yeah, let's get in. We had, we were running late. You were running a little late. Everybody's like, we're just compiling up. And I know you got to bolt out here in, in a half an hour for a meeting. So Michael Walker from Modern Musician, welcome to The Climb. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to be here. Yeah! So quick little <laughs> bio here on Michael Walker. Michael Walker is a leading a revolution in today's music industry, having personally reached 17 million views on YouTube. He's working with Grammy award-winning producers and touring internationally and to perform for hundreds of thousands of fans worldwide. Michael's one of those rare mentors who has actually walked the walk of their own methodology. Starting out with the pure grassroots techniques, him and his, he and his band, Paradise Fears, went from living out of their cars to selling 24,000 albums in six months and reaching number two on the iTunes alternative charts. Taking his clients through a three-tier system, artistic identity, fan-based growth, and revenue multiplier, Michael provides artists with the tools necessary to create lasting career in the music industry. And Michael, this is digital, right? For the most part? Mm-hmm, 100%. Yeah. yeah, it's funny, a lot of the stuff that we did with Paradise Fears was all around grassroots marketing and, and traveling and going on tour. Mm-hmm. We literally got our start by walking up to fans, waiting in lines for shows and just meeting as many people as possible and, and sharing our, our music. And so a lot of things that we teach now didn't really exist 10 years ago when we were first starting out. And it's so amazing really like the tools and opportunities for for an artist to be able to have a full-time career at home Mm -hmm. just by plugging into their laptop and you're creating music in a home studio and magically broadcasting it over the internet and and actually being able to target the right fans who are most likely to resonate with their music based on these advanced algorithms it's something that didn't used to exist but now it's definitely kind of the golden age of being a modern musician in the digital digital marketing era that's great. Well, really, it is the same thing as going up and shaking hands with fans before the show, only you're just doing it's a digital handshake, but you're still going, hey, they're in line. That's my people. I'm going to go say hi 100%. to one of them at a time and have a little personal interaction. It's the same thing. New platform, new way of doing what worked for you the first time. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, we, we actually, we call it virtual tour hacking oh, like because <laughs> we call the original one tour hacking. We call it virtual tour hacking because it is the exact same fundamentals, the same thing. It's about mm-hmm. connecting with people, having conversation. And you, know, you guys know this, like this isn't even, it's not just for musicians too. It's for all businesses. Yeah. It's really about yeah. finding who are the people who are most likely to resonate with your music, who are the people who are going to get the most value from what you have to offer mm-hmm. and introducing yourself to them, connecting with them and building a relationship, delivering value, then having something valuable to offer in exchange for money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love what you just said about who are the people that are going to resonate, like the music is going to resonate with them and going to get the most value from your music. It's not going, how many throats can I shove this down until they like it? Mm. It's, which is the broadcast radio platform, right? That's, you just, we're going to beat you with it until you submit. <laughs> but this is like, who is this going to serve? Mm. Who is this music going to serve? Who is my music going to, like, they're going to be like, thank you. A hundred percent. How do we find, these days you can kind of find them a lot better than used to. Mm, totally. And that's, that's such an important point because I, yeah, I think that one of the biggest challenges, or the biggest mistakes that that I see, and I can relate with it because we started there, and I think almost every every musician starts here is at the very beginning, you know, making music, and usually just kind of your friends and your family who mm-hmm. kind of have to support you. And, yeah, 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 thumbs up, like nice job. <laughs> but they might not necessarily really be 
like super fans or real true fans are just kind of listening to it support you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think for a lot of musicians who are starting out who never really had the type of relationship with finding those, those true fans or finding those people who just really resonate with the songs, Mm -hmm. it's easy to look at that and think I'm just not good enough. means my music isn't special enough and not really realize that you have to find and connect with the right people, right? When we walked up to fans waiting lines for shows, those were people who got up off their butts and went to a live show and spent money to be there. Right. Yeah. And so it's a very like rare breed of person. And that's, was the first experience for us where I think we connected with real fans of music who actually are supportive and go out and listen. They were excited to listen to the songs. And if you're not having conversations with those people, then it's easy to talk to someone who's just not really that supportive or that, that interested in the music and not get a great response. Mm-hmm. And that makes you feel like you know, maybe your music's not good enough. A lot of times it's just a matter of finding the right people who do get genuine value from your music. Yeah. True. Yeah. And we just recorded an episode like two episodes ago today, because we're stacking them up, right? But Brent was reading an article out of Music World magazine and talking about the sort of resurgence of 90s country music. And what was interesting to me from a marketing perspective was that, okay, because Cole Twindell has a, a hit out now that's sampled, has Carolina Tales California, which is a huge country hit back in the 90s. This is sort of leading that charge there's a couple other songs that are out there kind of doing the same thing and it's, it's creating a trend again, but the trend is being created by what's being pumped out through the pipeline. And I've always been of the mind that if it's a compelling artist and it's a competitive song, we just need to get it in front of enough people to hear it. And like you said, the right people, right? So that's advertising is getting the right message in front of the right person at the right time. Mm-hmm. And so the right people and the strategies behind that, it may, may not just be a, I'm a country artist, so it should be a people who like country music. Maybe it's a song about suicide or about addiction or about different things that there are some people who need to hear that song right now. Mm-hmm. Being able to find those people and being and, and not needing to, I just feel it's just so empowering to know that you don't need to, sound like what's on the radio to literally make a six figure list and be able to thrive as an artist that you can be the millionaire next door. Nobody knows your name. It's you're not hugely famous, but you are tonight in front of this crowd <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on stage. Totally. What got you into the digital thing? Like when did you pivot from that, Michael? What was the, you, is there a moment? Is there a, an impetus? Like, Oh Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a pretty defining moment in, in my life as, as I was kind of going through that transition from being a full-time touring artist to starting mo- Modern Musician and helping helping other artists. Um, about five years ago, we had been touring for about 10 years with Paradise Fears. And then that was around the time that I got married to the love of my life. And at the time, I was gone for you know 10 months out of the year and living a lifestyle that w- wasn't very conducive to being the kind of husband that I wanted to be or to, to being the kind of father that I wanted to be. And when we found out that I was going to be a dad, mm-hmm. that was really sort of like the biggest impetus, I think, to like, I, I got to figure out what do I do next? And that was honestly, that was a pretty dark or pretty difficult time in my life because I had a pretty big ego, I think, around my identity with the band. I felt really proud of what we had accomplished. And my whole life was, you know, being on the road and playing on stages and you know, taking pictures and signing autographs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And 
So that year where I was sort of figuring out what comes next, I just sort of felt like this, like, who am I now if, if I'm not mm. you know, gone traveling? And I know that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of ironic too, because if I knew what I know now, like if modern musician had existed back then, then I, who even knows what would happen? Because I mean, a lot of the tools, the things that we've learned that we're teaching now are things that I learned over the last five years through, you know, investing in digital marketing mentors and people who've taught mm-hmm. me how to use uh, advertising and use these mm-hmm. lookalike audiences and set up campaigns and funnels and mm-hmm. stuff that really we had done a lot of touring, a lot of kind of in-person organic marketing, but nothing like like this. And so anyway, so that year I was trying to figure out what do I do now? Am I going to go back to college and get a real job? Because I'd never gone to college or started high school mm-hmm. and started touring. And that was when I luckily stumbled upon a few mentors who taught me how to take what we had done with Paradise Fears and turn into a program and start coaching and helping, helping other artists. That was sort of like a, like a basketball player who becomes a coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I love the game. I'm always going to keep playing the game, making new music. I just like, I just got back from a songwriting retreat um, and working on new songs and the huge oh, passion nice. for it. But at the same time, I'm just at a different point of, of my life now. I'm, I'm more of the coach and I have a huge, huge amount of passion and, and joy. That's pro- honestly probably like even more than, than I had from when we were doing it for ourselves. Cause now I get to see this ripple effect. I see all of the you know, over a hundred thousand musicians now in, in our community who are doing you know, their best work and being able to serve, you know, their, their communities. And it's, it's pretty, pretty special. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a great feeling. Yeah. What's the one thing that you think most artists need to hear? Is that, and maybe that's where you start when, when you, your mentor conversation with a new artist that you might work with or something like that. What's the, what's one of the biggest holes that needs to be filled that most artists can't see yet or are blind to maybe it's in their blind spot or something like. Right. I, th- I think one of the one of the biggest mistakes, and this is like a big challenge to overcome, especially early on, is one of the, the misconceptions, I think, is that if your music's good, then you're going to be successful just by putting it out online. And if you build it, they will come. Right. Yeah. I want to punch Kevin Costner in the good face. Good art finds <laughs> its own audience. Right. <laughs> Not. Right. Especially right. nowadays when it's just, it's so, there's so much music online and, and just, and it's so easy to put music and distribute it on Spotify and Apple music that just putting it on there is, you know, it's not, it doesn't matter how good it is. Yeah. The analogy that I use for this is that it's like starting a fire and the songs are like the logs to start the fire with. And if you have great, like giant logs, awesome. That's great for a fire. But if all you do is just put them in the fire pit, you just release your songs on Spotify. The fire doesn't just magically happen. Right, like yeah. you need need a way to drive traffic, and you need a way to generate the flames. That's such a perfect freaking yeah. metaphor. Like I think people put the big giant logs in the fire pit, and then they look up at the sky and they're waiting for the lightning to hit it to start the fire. Yeah, yeah and the thing is that sometimes it happens, and that's the story that gets in the news. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's true. and so they think that's the way it should work, and it's like right. no, no, we can we can start <laughs> some kindling and rub that stick together. And, and yeah. And that's the thing is like, I was funny because we did a fire in the fire pit last night with some of my kids and you start off with those, with the little kindling, with the little bit of yep. starter, not the big night logs, you know, mm. not the big logs. Yeah. You start with the little ones and they burn bright, but they can burn fast and you got to keep feeding it under and then the bigger stuff can catch. Mm. You're not just going to go get your little match and light it under like a big log and it's going to like, oh, there we go. Now we have fire all night. Yeah. It's feeding that. To get yeah. it going to catch the bigger stuff to make it more sustainable. 
So that's interesting. That's I, I love that. I've, so this analogy that I've been telling for probably about four years now, it's like step two of five of our in our masterclass. But um, I love that depth that you just added there with like the starting with like necessarily you don't necessarily start with a giant big log. That's kind of harder to start. Yeah, they don't catch. Yeah. So, you do, so it, it makes sense to yeah to start out, start it with what you have start and start building a fire, start generating the sparks, right? Generating the yeah. kindling. And that's like the face to face like connection, having conversations. And then mm-hmm. it starts. Now you can start you know, add some some more logs to it. Yeah built yeah i think there, there is maybe you can make a case that for certain artists you could i don't know douse the log in lighter fluid exactly <laughs> that's but that's i would say for most people that's not really how you the fire starts right unless you mm-hmm. like come in with a massive budget and you're just ready to just like ready to go but even but even then like with that with that thing michael like I mean to me the metaphor of dousing the log with lighter fluid or whatever would be like like a chain smokers thing where they just god bless them had this massive viral hit right out of the gate with selfie and that all the doors opened up and they're really smart and they they knew how to ride that runaway horse and mm-hmm. and control it and do a good job but even the artists that have the the big huge budget to do it the strategy still has to be a grind it still has to be mm-hmm. with here's the here's the the sawgrass here's the kindling mm-hmm. let's get a spark started let's get this go here's some paper we just need to keep this like little fire going to get that bigger log to catch and then you can't let the fire go out yeah you have to put the next log on there mm-hmm. and you have to put the next log and if you let the fire go too low then it, the, the heat from that first log isn't going to catch the next log and you got to put more kindling mm-hmm. and more paper in there. And so it's really, that's such a beautiful metaphor, yeah. but it's like where you and I see eye to eye is, is really the, it's the grind of it, right? It's the fundamentals of marketing brought to a digital platform, which is consumed differently than broadcast and trying to teach because hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them now if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of raycons or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. That's the same reason I started Daredevil. I initially moved back from LA to Nashville to partner up in a recording studio, which I did, and produce records, which I did. 
And all of a sudden I started seeing these artists that were coming in that were like really important. They were great artists mm -hmm. and they were spending their entire budget making the record. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I was like, okay, hold on. We're flip-flopping the recipe here. <laughs> yeah, well, it, It's like at a label, whatever the budget is, no matter how big or how small it may be, you're going to get 5% of that to make the donuts. And then they're going to spend 95% promoting it and creating those relationships and making that happen. And, and it can be done, but you have to change the mindset. You have to really understand how the platform is consumed and you have to love them first. That's you mm -hmm. talking to the fans in line, waiting to get in. Yeah. And they're just like, Holy crap, dude, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. And they just, they love it. Right. And, and let me ask you this question, because when I was an artist, like this was a hump that I had to get over, even though you're doing it and I'm certainly cocky on stage and I've, I had the swag guy, I, I could play the part well, but like, I think to go and understand the importance of that meeting that fan standing in line, waiting to get in to see you mm -hmm. requires sort of two weird things that are almost contradictory. Number one, you obviously have to have humility to go and do it. Okay. But number two, you at the same time, you have to somehow know that you're going to be important to them, which seems the opposite of humility, doesn't it? Like, mm -hmm. how, like what was the mindset that you guys had to start to go and do that and say, what made you think that was a good idea? Mm. It was a good idea, but what, how did you, yeah, yeah. I think part of it for us just sort of out of necessity. We, when we were first starting out, we out of high school decided to give this band thing a shot, and we worked our butts off to book our first tour. Back then, it was on MySpace. We like mm -hmm. reached out to all these other bands on MySpace, and we like set up this this like regional run. Oh wow! Yeah, uh -huh. and we learned really quickly that just booking the shows isn't enough. You know, like you actually have to figure out how to get people to come out to the shows. Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that part is kind of important. So I remember playing shows, just the bartender in the back of the room. Mm. And you know, at, at the time we were living in our van, sleeping in Walmart parking lots. We would go and get a big stack of flour tortillas and a big jar of peanut butter. And you know, that was breakfast, lunch, and dinner for us was peanut butter tortillas. And yeah, so I think a large part of it was just out of necessity. It was like, we were, basically the definition of starving artists and it was either we figure out how do we get people to come out to our shows or we have like our career dies mm -hmm. yeah and it was an idea i think our lead singer first heard about something similar from bands at warp tour mm -hmm. at this at the warp tour festival there'd be bands who would kind of walk around and they'd meet people and they'd have they'd offer cds and we had never heard of someone doing that for like actual tours for the shows and so it was really from point of who are the people who are most likely to come out to our shows? Probably people who are going out to shows already for mm -hmm. you know, similar artists, right? They spend money. Those are my mm -hmm. kind of people. Right. And, and they spend money. They actually care. Yeah, they yeah. actually care enough to, to be there and to support the artists. And the way I think about it now is that it's, it's sort of like you know, Newton's laws of motion. Mm -hmm. Like an object in motion tends to remain in motion. Mm -hmm. so if, yeah. if you're trying to find people who are going to come out to your show... You want to find out where do people already have that momentum? Where are the people who are already doing it? Because an object mm -hmm. in motion tends to remain in motion. It's going to talk, yeah. take a lot less energy to plug in with that versus trying to convince someone who has never gone out to a show to come out and see you play. Right. So, yeah, I think it was part luck. Just we thought this seemed like it could work. Um, we didn't really know. And it was it was honestly one of the most terrifying experiences that that we went through like every day there's something weird it doesn't logically make sense but when 
you're getting ready to walk up to strangers waiting in lines for shows. And so this is not in line for your show. They're in line for other people's shows. Yeah. When we first started, it was just for other people's shows. Yeah. I did not catch that part. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there were our favorite bands were like All Time Low, Mayday Parade, Blink-182, kind of this like pop punk vein. Before their shows, they would have thousands of people waiting outside, sometimes for like 12 hours in advance, just sitting on a blanket. And uh, so I thought, why don't we walk up to those people and just introduce ourselves and share some of our songs? And from the First Amendment, like there's like, in terms of like legality, like like you are able to go walk up to people who are on the side of a, of a venue and there's no sort of, there's no wrong wrongdoing there. We always would connect with, we would reach out to like the headliners and just let them know what we're doing and look to connect. And it's mm-hmm. actually how we network and created relationships with a few of our favorite bands that we grew up listening to. They give us the opportunity to like to perform with them and, and All Time Low actually give us the opportunity to open for them on their next tour. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, nice. And so so that's how it started is, is we walked up to other people's shows waiting, waiting who people were waiting in lines there. Eventually, well, that, yeah, go ahead. I'll just say that's so brilliant. I mean, that's something that Johnny talks about. His his question he'll ask an artist is, if you could open for anybody, like not just stroke your ego, but whose fans would love you? Mm. Who would you want to open for? Now we can track down fans of those bands because they've raised their hand on, on digital and we can find them and we can put your music in front of them. Again, you're doing the same thing just before the digital platform really was there. But you're going, okay, well, all-time low, okay, Fans of theirs would like our music. You weren't just going because you're fans of theirs, but like they they like that music. They may like ours. Let's go say hi. Mm. Putting you in front of new eyeballs and new ears that are geared more to liking your stuff. Same thing. Same principle. Yeah. hundred percent. It really is. And loving them first. Like, hey, I'm interested yeah. in talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My name is Michael Walker. How are you? Like, we're in a band called Paradise Free. Yeah, here's a couple songs if you're interested. Just talking with them. Like, and jamming with them on that. Like, it's so simple and people make such a big deal about it. I think just because it's foreign to them, right? Mm-hmm. The idea of doing it that way. But I, Michael, when I was doing a promo for this one artist, this is like six, seven years ago when Twitter was not political or anything yet. And the artist had a song called Haggard Fan. I co-produced the track on it, right? So we just had this slamming track called Haggard Fan. It's an homage to Merle Haggard, right? And it had six number one Merle Haggard song titles woven into the storyline of the thing. It worked if you knew Merle Haggard as just a brand name because Eric Church sang about it. And you know, it's cool and old school. But if you really knew Merle Haggard, you got it. And you're like, oh, this is so good. Mm-hmm. So I just thought to myself, where can we find a bunch of people, to your point, Michael, like that would probably really love a song called Haggard Fan. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Merle Haggard fans? Like, I wonder if he's got a Twitter account. Oh, damn. Look at that. He's got a Twitter account. So then I started just reaching out to these people, following them first. And this is when it was white hat to do this. It's black hat now, but I don't think you can do it. But I had software that would, like, if they followed back, it would auto DM them and say, wow, thank you so much for following me back. Here's a free download of my song Haggard fan, right? And just doing this, this is like no money. You know what I mean? This is just like grind, right? Just just grind mm-hmm. every day. And he downloaded 2,000 songs in like a couple months. And I remember one in particular, and this is just sort of the conversational thing we're talking about, where I asked the artist because he had a two-year-old Twitter account, but he had 27 followers and he never used it. He didn't understand it. I'm like, can I be you on Twitter for a month? <laughs> I want to try a couple of things. And he's like, Sure. And so it wasn't a DM. It was a tweet. It was like, hey, man, just shout out to this artist. Like, I'm listening to Haggard Fan. 
in my garage. This is crazy. And so I tweeted him back. I'm like, wow, thank you so much. You know, wait a second, dot, dot, dot. What are you doing in your garage? Now he freaks because he can't believe the artist just responded to him in like that quick. He's like, me and my buddy are in our garage. We're mining the grill outside. We're drinking beers and we're cranking Haggard fan. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And now I ask another question. Wait a second, you're grilling. Do you know what you're doing with that thing? A man in his grill. (laughs) And then it's just like five, four, three, two, bing. Here comes a picture of the most beautiful grill you've ever seen. Loaded with chick. And we just go, it's like six tweets back and forth where I'm just asking him about him. And it just, it blew into this six tweet response because he couldn't fit it all in one tweet. It was just like, when you guys come down to Texas, man, I got a place to park the bus. You can stay here. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to get you guys drunk. I'll take care of the whole crew too. And I'm going to be pissed (laughs) if you find out you're still like, and I'm just working that single. He didn't even have an album out if I or, or merch or anything. He would have bought everything. Mm. And all we did was talk about the music and, and ask him about like what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. And just jam with him, right? And just hang and talk with him. Dude, I love that, man. Mm. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how much conversation opens up when you are asking questions about the other person and you genuinely like are looking to connect with them and get to know them because right? yeah. people, I don't know, people like open up and they blossom. Like people blossom mm-hmm. when, when you give them the right kind of attention and you ask the right, the right questions. Yeah. Especially like that's just all people in any exchange, mm-hmm. but then you add in the fact that like you're an artist yeah, and then it's, it even becomes more special because that's, you make them feel really good and now they're prepared to love your song and they haven't even heard it you didn't even hand them that hard drive or that cd yet or whatever you know however you guys were doing that mm. man i love that dude so can you touch a little bit on the master class that you do and just kind of share some of that before you got to go mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so our master class is something that we've been doing for probably about three years now and i do one of them every single wednesday live at 3 p.m eastern and basically the way that it works is that we have like a on-demand version on our website that is available for purchase for $47. And that comes with all like the resources and freebies. We have a bunch of templates and spreadsheets. And let me walk through like how to launch a messenger campaign. We call it the virtual tracking campaign, but um, it's available on demand for purchase. Or if you register for the live masterclass, sometimes if we have a, a partner that we're working with or we have Uh, someone like you that is doing a podcast like this, then we have a special link that we can give out that basically lets people attend the masterclass for free. And it's usually between two to three hours. So it's kind of like our most valuable thing that we offer for free. Because aside from that, like our really like our main engine with Modern Musician, our main, like our our flagship offer is $5,000 coaching program. Mm -hmm. And so just from like the price range, it's clearly not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And in order for it to be worth it, we're really selective with who we bring into the coaching program. We have 35 coaches on the team now who wow. meet weekly one-on-one with the artists that join. And over the course of three months, we help them launch one of these funnels and get to a point where it's profitable as quickly as possible. And then the way that that works is because, again, it's not for, for everyone. We want to make sure that it's the right, the right fit and that it's worth the investment if someone, if someone does join. And to be honest, like, you know, there's a certain level of quality. I think that the music kind of needs to be at and just the right person just to really get the most out of it. And so we have an application process for it. We get between 700 applications per month right now. And we narrow it down to about 25 to 30 artists to work with based on who would be the best fit. And so that's kind of our flagship offer. And because it's so limited, we wanted to have a way to 
for everyone else who can't afford the program and is looking to maybe DIY, do it themselves, um, to create training and, and help just teach everything that we've learned through working with our artists for the past five years. Uh, we've invested just in the past year alone, we've invested over $730,000 into different types of ad campaigns and funnels and marketing to test out and see what's not working and, and what's working. And so in the masterclass, we just share um, the top five steps that we recommend to launch one of these funnels. And we share as much as humanly possible in like two, three hours. You don't want anything back. And that's a little bit about the, the masterclass. And that is awesome, brother. You, you got to run, don't you, to a meeting? I do. Yeah, I probably need to wrap up here. But man, I, I hate to cut things off because it's so so awesome talking with you guys. I know. Well, yeah, that's such your, I just love the way your brain works, dude. I really do. And and it, it just all comes from a real genuine place. And I think you're proof positive that the more people you help, you got a, a great company going on right now. And I'm I'm just super proud of that for you. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that's amazing. And, and you grew it because you've helped so many people, genuinely helped so many people reach the next step in their goals that they needed to get. And so that is, you just can't say enough about that. I mean, Brent and I are doing the same thing. And so it's just an honor to have you on podcast, man. Where can everybody reach you before we let you go? Yeah, the best place to go next probably would be either modern-musician.com or for the masterclass. We have a link for masterclass.modernmusician.me, M-E at the end. Okay. And... Uh, if you go there, then you can find all the all the resources and what whatnot about modern musician. Awesome. We'll put the links in the show notes too, brother. That's okay. Great. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Michael Walker, modern musician, modern musician.com for being on there. Guys, lots of stuff to learn here. This is more and more artists are making more and more money, making real livings every single day. And you just you gotta be a student of the game. And and here's one of the mentors that's gonna help you make that happen for sure, okay? This podcast exists because we want you to win, so keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.